Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. We want to go to Joshua chapter 3. You there? And um, Father, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you, Lord, just for divinely setting us up, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are for us, God. You're always for us, Father. We thank you that the steps of the righteous are ordered by you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we have not seen that the best the best is truly yet to come, Father. I thank you for the process. I thank you for the journey. I thank you for everything that I've ever went through up until this point, Father. I thank you that we are on the doors and the of destiny, and I just thank you for what you have planned for this region, this area, for our lives. Father, that we're going to walk in it, God. And we're going to walk in everything that you said before the foundations of the world. In Jesus' mighty name. How many believe that for your life? I want to walk in everything that God said that I could walk in. Amen. I do not want to settle. And so we believe that the Lord prophetically has us at this place. Just hang out with me right there. I'm good right there. And we'll, we, we, when we transition, we're going to bring it. We'll go back in there. That I believe that we, we, we're talking about this thing since um, of a word that I received. I played it earlier this year. I, I could play it for you this morning, but I just want to tell you that, that I, and, and it's like I, I've said it, this is I think our third time together that I said it, but I'm just, I know this is God. But in 2008, I was in, um, I was in my hometown. We had planted a church in 2006. I was 26 years of age when we planted our first church. And, um, and in 2008, we had uh, the, the homecoming service, if you will. The, uh, uh, traditionally, we would call it homecoming. We would call it an anniversary service. Anyhow, it was the first Sunday in May, and so we were, we were getting ready for that anniversary service. And we had seen God do, we had seen God do some amazing things in the, in the first two years. God strategically told me what building to go to. It wasn't a question. I knew the building that God told me to go to. And when we went to this building, the owner of this building or what? Whatever. Um, I, I go to her house through my lunch hour. I was working with the phone company. I go to my house, to her house through my lunch hour, and I uh, knock on her door. And many of y'all that's been here while well, heard this story, but but she, her husband had had fell dead of uh, with a heart attack the previous December. This is in March. So her husband had just died, and I knock on the door, and I, I'm going to see her about her building. And when she opens the door, I said I called her by name, and I said I don't know if you know who I am. And she said, Yes, you're John the preacher. And when she said that. I mean, the power of God knocked her down. Long story short is she gave us that building. She allowed us to rent the building. We planted the church, and now we've been going for two years. And then I've got Pastor Dale scheduled to preach for us, and we did worship, and the Lord was moving just like this morning or whatever. There was just a strong presence in the building. And I remember him walking to the pulpit. And as he walked to the pulpit, and you've heard the CD, those that have, but I remember almost word for word what he said. And he said, there's a lot going on in the realm of the Spirit in this place. There's a lot of stuff happening. 
And he said that this almost sounds tongue in cheek, but he said, I feel like we're supposed to anoint you this morning. And he said, I know that that sounds cliche and or whatever, but we're supposed to anoint you just that there's just a new anointing. There's a fresh anointing coming. How many knows it? God has fresh things for us, friend. We don't have to live in the past. David said, Thou anointest my head with fresh oil. Come on, somebody. God's got a fresh word. Come on now. He's got a rhema word for the time that you and I are living. Glory to God. He's still speaking, friend. Come on, God still, how can your name be called the word and you not be a talker? Come on, he's speaking. He's just wanting somebody to climb up into that realm and hear his voice. And so, I walk up, Catherine and I walk up. And um, Catherine, she's already, you, you know, she's already fell out, so I've got her held up in my right hand. <laughs> and uh, so, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm holding her up and I'm, I'm really concentrating, trying to stay on my feet because I got her. And um, I want to think Nicola had, may have been um, one of, uh, John, it was John Bentley, wasn't it? That uh, I, I had him in my, in my left arm. So I got baby in one arm and Catherine in the other one and she's fell out. I'm holding her up. And, um, and so here, here's the word. And he said, this is how he started. He said, what I'm sensing this morning, this is a decade thing. He said, this is a decade thing. And then he goes on to say, he said, that, he says, son, what's been missing out of this city has been missing for over 10 years. For 10 years, this city has not had a voice. But God says that there's a voice in this city today. There's a voice in this city. And that there's a smell of fresh bread wafting all over this city. And there's a sound going forth over this city. And this is what he said. He said that many Naomi's that have left, they've gone to the land of Moab. God says they're coming back and they're bringing the roots with them. And, and they're bringing the roots with them. And God says, know this, son, that this is your breakout year. And I remember, my God, I mean, we can play that and the Lord still anoint every time I talk about it, I feel God. How many knows that your words are real from heaven? Come on, somebody. And just cause people forget them, God never forgets them. Come on. And they just as real. How many remember when the angel showed up, Gabriel showed up to Zacharias, and he said, he said, the Lord has heard thy prayer. It wasn't the prayer he was praying right then. It was the prayer he was praying as a young man when him and Elizabeth was believing for a child. He said that prayer is still hot on the altars of heaven and God's coming to answer that thing. When God speaks over a city, when God speaks over a region, man, he's just waiting on somebody to believe it. And so, like naturally, and Chris knows this because he's got a lot of history. He had an office in the building that I felt like God told me in 2007 that God was going to give me. Where we started. Got time to go through all of that. I'm just trying to save them. We, we got a lot of stuff we got to cover this morning. And so, I, I, I said, well, God went back 10 years on me. He went back 10 years. I began, I began in the ministry in 1998 when I was 18 years old. I said, God's going back 10 years. But listen, what I understand, listen, prophecy always is about the future. It ain't about the past. It's about the future. And so what happened is that day I didn't realize it, but he was talking about a decade that I would go through. 
in my life, there would be a decade that I would go through. And that, that, that 2008 wasn't my breakout year. But at the end of the decade, which will be 2018, come on somebody, May of 2018 will be 10 years. 10 is a prophetic number and it is the, it is the, it is the commencement, if you will. It is, it is the finality of divine order. There was 10 commandments, come on, given. In the Lord's Prayer, there's 10 clauses. There's something about 10 that God really likes. There's 10 virgins. And so, so God's speaking about this 10 years. Now listen, let me say this. This is where I believe we've been at. Now I asked this Wednesday night and we had a lot of people raise their hand. But how many would say that 2017 has been a difficult year for you? It's just been hard. Somebody got both hands up. I see it back there. I have both of my... I can't tell you how many times that I wanted to call a U-Haul to come to the front of my house and say, God, I'm tired of living in this city. I just want to go home. But how many knows when God calls you to go somewhere? Listen, He never intends us to go back. There's no armor that goes on your back. Come on, somebody. It only covers the front side because the kingdom of God only knows advancement. It does not know recession. Come on, somebody. It doesn't know lack. It doesn't know how to back up. And anything that tries to come out in the back, Isaiah 58 says that the glory of God shall be your rear guard. Come on, somebody. You covered. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And the armor's on the front. And the glory shall be your rear guard. My God, if God be for us, then who in the world can be against us? He's 100% for us. We're going to reach the destination. So... I felt like, and I told them, I, this was three weeks ago, I said, I'm going to set up a camp scene. And I'm like, Lord, why am I going to set up a camp scene? Now, I enjoy burning wood. I'm telling you, praise God for some cold weather coming. I like to burn wood in the house and outside too. And so, I felt like I set up a camp scene. And I feel like today, it's just a prophetic day. Now, I'm not going to throw all our stuff out there, but Chris, he texted me Monday. Last time he was sitting in his church was four years ago. Am I telling a story? Four years. But God's screaming about a decade thing. The thing, do you understand the journey that you and I have been on is to get us to the place where we're at right now. Some of us have cried it's been hard, and it has been hard. But you know that Galatians 4, 1 and 2 says that a child... A, a child, I mean an heir, as long as he is a child, uh, remain, remains as a slave. Until a set time, he remains under tutors and instructors. Come on now. Until a set time that's appointed by, by the Father. There is a time that we graduate. Come on somebody. There is a season in which we're graduating. And if we're faithful with the hard seasons, come on somebody. If he's God in the valley, he'll be God in the mountaintop. Come on now. See, you got to be faithful. It was, it was, remember when the angel showed up to announce Jesus? It says he showed up to the shepherds who were taking care of the flock of God by night. You got to be faithful in the night season. If you can be faithful in the night season when it's dark, come on, somebody. If you can be faithful with the word when you're the only one that believes in the word anymore, come on, somebody. When your mama says you're crazy, when your daddy says you're crazy, when your whole family says you ought not to believe that anymore, that's crazy talk. If you can be faithful, in the night season with the word God will reward you with daylight 
I'm hollering a little bit. I get Pentecostal every once in a while. But now think about this. I'm watching, listen, I'm, I'm watching the clock. I know what time to get us out. I've, fl- I've flown the plane a few times. I tell you, I tell the church like this. This is the Polar Express. We always arrive on time. Don't ever panic, okay? But what we're eating right now will sustain us far more than any fried chicken. All right. So we got here to Joshua chapter 3. If you'll save me to not have to read it, if I can just preach it out of my heart, we can travel a whole lot faster, okay? But they're on the brink of crossing Jordan. You've got to understand, there's only three that was 20 years old at the time that Moses, that was, that was alive. That was Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. The rest died in the wilderness. And how many knows this? In the last decade, we've seen some funerals. I've watched people that give up. I would say this, I've tried to give up on the how many times? Is there anybody else? I mean, you believe for something so long. I mean, you believed it what I mean, and, and you know that when we get the word, God's got our hair standing up, and I had hair in 2008. And yet when you when your hair's standing up and everything, and you just driving home, and I mean you thinking, my God. This is our breakout year. And then you don't see it. Then 09 goes and you don't see it. Then 10 goes and you don't see it. What happens is doubt begins to try to come over. Come on somebody. And fear tries to take hold. Now, they had been promised. Joshua and Caleb had to endure the listening. Remember when they sent the spies the first time they brought back the fruit. Certain, they had their eyes on the fruit of the land. The rest had their eyes on the giants of the land. Anything that God gives us is not coming on a silver platter, friend. Come on now. You're going to have to endure some things and you're going to have to grow up and you're going to have to take some ground. Come on now. Now we know that we're not worn from a place of trying to go out there and win. We've already worn. worn. We've worn from a place of rest. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's already won. We're just trying to enforce the victory that He's already won for us. Sometimes you got to pull the deed out and show the enemy. Come on, somebody. you got to remind him who's toting the deed. And they're at this, they're at this, they're at this, they're at this junction. And, and, and the Lord tells Joshua, He says, Be strong and be courageous. First of all, if you hear that, you know there's a battle ahead. And he says, do not fear. Just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you and I'll magnify you in the sight of the people. Now, how many knows it? And so they get there. But here's what I want to say today. This is where I feel like we've been at. I feel like I've been at even... Earlier this year. I'm not there now, praise God. But I feel like we've been content to stay on this side. We've been camped here. And see, in this place, there's enough to make it. There's enough to get by. My four, we living okay. And we content to just camp out on this side. We're content to camp out. If we, don't, we can bury 10 people with cancer, but if we get one heal, we're good. 
We just kept it out right here. Well, we see miracles every now and then, but we're just right here. We, 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 we're okay camping out on this side where we got to live by Prozac and every other thing to be able to cope with the problems. You understand, on this side, they're fighting wars internally. On that side, they're fighting wars externally because they done got freed up when they cross that river and they're not fighting no demons on the inside. They got a power to release people that is fighting demons on the outside. And so what happens is, is we get, we settle. And we settle for, we settle for religion on this side. Well, we just have a good little services. Look, we baptized 20 people this year. Ain't that good enough? No, it's not good enough, friend. As people dying and going to hell in this city, we've got to get up and cross that thing. And so they're there. They're there. And... Joshua says, we can't camp here no more. It's time. It's time for us to possess what God said. Church, I'm telling you, it's time to possess everything that God said. I said everything. I said for the business He told you 10 years ago, it's time to start it, friend. Come on, somebody. For the dream He showed you about your family, it's time to walk in it. Come on now. I said it's time. Everything that God promised you is time. Now listen to this. The whole picture of Israel inheriting the promised land is all about the church inheriting its promises. It's all about you inheriting your promises. It's all about you driving out the Jebusites and the Hittites. And this is what he said. He said, sanctify yourself today for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things around you. Now let me tell you what I feel like where we're at. Today, I'm telling you, there's some things that's got to break off of our life and drown in this river. You can't carry old habits into a new land. Tomorrow starts today. You understand that today is a result of what you've done yesterday. We don't want to hear that. But today is a day of preparation. Right now in this month of December, we have this window even up until May, I'm telling you, because things is moving so fast. I was with someone yesterday and even I got home and I told Catherine, I said, the Lord is moving so fast. I, I mean, I, I don't even, I just, I just be able to say, yay God. I mean, just because I, I can't even process it. It's moving so fast. How many understand that we're not waiting on heaven? Heaven is waiting on us. We the church are not waiting on God to do something. He's waiting on us to get in a place of order and divine order. Come on, somebody. So that he can release what he wants to release. And so it starts with you not willing to settle on this side. To me, if I was preaching this, I would preach to dads. Dads, we can't leave our family on this side. We cannot do it. It was when Naomi that went to Moab. Moab killed the men. Listen, men die in Moab. They got to live in a place where there's fresh fire, where there's fresh bread, where there's revelation and presence. This is what drives men. Men die in Moab. So as for me, I've got to position my family. I've got to do what it takes. And I say, you know, family, we've camped good here for 10 years. Pack up the camp. We can't stay here no more. 
We can't stay here no more. Church, did you hear what I said? I said, we can't stay here no more. I said, as for me and my house, like Joshua, we're going to serve the Lord. I said, as for the Bagley's, we can't camp here anymore. It's been good on this side. Thank God for the last 10 years. But listen, this is the last time I'm ever fit to see this piece of dirt because I'm crossing that river, going into what God said. Now, they were commanded to stay behind. There's so much, because I want to get to some other stuff I'm not doing. There's so much you could preach in this text. But you know that Joshua, they were commanded that the priests were to cross the river Jordan first. Now, first of all, when they got here, the Jordan was at flood stage. The Jordan represents a place of death, and it was, at, it was out of its banks in this season. This is talking about the church where we're going to be at in the last days. There'll be gross darkness covering this land. Are you with me, friend? But the church... Every jeweler knows this. If he wants to sell the diamond to reveal the beauty of the diamond, he'll put black velvet behind the diamond to reveal the beauty of the diamond. God will use the darkness in this land. Come on, somebody, to reveal the beauty of the diamond, which is the bride of Christ in the earth. And there's going to be gross darkness covering this land. Listen, that's, that's what the Jordan represents. It's out of its banks. But when the priest touched it, the scripture says they was commanded to stay 2,000 cubits behind the ark. Listen, there's so much prophetic stuff in here. Jesus, our high priest, crossed over 2,000 years ago, paving the way for you and I to cross this Jordan. As they got there, and as the priest stood in the river Jordan, the scripture says that the water was cut off. The water was cut off and it rolled all the way back. Go through that. This is Joshua chapter 3. Scripture says it rolled all the way back to that city called Adam. My God. See, there's, there's so many views theologically. But I believe that God is restoring something in the earth. And he's rolling it all the way back to that man called Adam. That man Adam in the garden was walking in authority. The second Adam came, the last Adam, excuse me. Jesus Christ came to reclaim everything that the first Adam lost. And church, we're moving from that Moses-type ministry of the pastorate to where it's more about Passover. If we can just get souls saved. Listen, I'm not diminishing that. I'm not diminishing that. We have got to get people saved. But we have got to get to where there's an apostolic voice in the region. Come on, somebody. And that is a militant voice saying, rise, get up, get your armor on. Come on, somebody. We kings and priests in this land, and we have got to go take it. Hello. It's a, it's a different message. It's about a king and his kingdom. Jesus said when the gospel of the kingdom is preached, not just the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom preached. What is the gospel of the kingdom? It's about a king with a real kingdom, with real power. Come on, somebody. It's about walking in front of cancer and knowing that it's already been defeated, it's already been cured 2,000 years ago. Come on, somebody. It's about walking in front of lack, knowing that there's enough resources in that realm to break that lack over their life. It's about looking at that person that is bound that can never be free and say, let me tell you of a man that told me everything that I've ever did. If he can set me free, surely there's the power of God to set you free. This is a whole different message. On this side of the Jordan, they were pursued. 
by the enemy. On that side, they pursued the enemy. I believe that God, let me tell you this, because I'm fixing to shift this thing. You don't have to, but I felt like this morning, prophetically, we're just going to cross this blue tarp. This is a blue tarp in the floor. No different than this right here is olive oil from Harvey's or whatever. It ain't the oil. It's the faith. The reason why we went and got the oil from Harvey's and put it in the jar or Lifeway, wherever we get it. I don't know if it's just, you know, Lifeway got to smell good. Got the one with the clone in it or something, you know, perfume. Harvey's just got the one you cook bacon in. No, <laughs> But James 5.14 says, let them call upon the elders of the church to anoint them. And it says that the prayer of faith, did it not say that? It says with the prayer of faith, they shall, not maybe, not it could happen, not if, it says that they shall recover. So the faith is not in the oil, the faith is in the Lord in the prayer of the faith. Come on now. So it's the same thing prophetically as that is, is this blue tarp laying in the floor. This just represents a line. Church, I'm telling you, God is wanting to break limitations off of our life. I can't get nobody to believe nothing in Him. About four people will. That's okay. If we get four, we're we doing something. But He wants to shatter that. And we can't camp out anymore in a land of, of, of lack, in, in a land that where. We're just satisfied with the little bit. Man, I don't know about you, but I've lived with a promise since 1998. February the 2nd of 1998, an 18-year-old boy had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Three months later, was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on. I was in a Methodist church and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. It didn't take me long to pack my bags up. I can't stay at the church of the frozen. That ain't who I'm called to be. Y'all be. I'm not dissing the Methodist church either. I preached in all of them, okay? I'm Baptist. They never told me I wasn't. I was baptized in Baptist church. So I guess I still hold the cards. I don't know. But it's not who I was destined to be. My whole family, Catherine's whole family, if we talk to them about the stuff we believe, they throw us out the front door. They don't have a clue what we're talking about. But, it, but, I'm, but this is what the Lord chose in my lane. And I have chased after Him since I've been a teenager. And I'm telling you this, I don't believe at the end of my life when I go out, I do not believe that I'm going to be ashamed for the pursuit and for the chase. Come on, somebody. I will leave my children far more than just some land and some money. I'm going to say, son, you remember when daddy prayed for the sick and the sick got healed? You remember when we didn't have nothing and we walked around here holding the word of God up in this house and you seen God come through? I want to tell you the same God that I serve. It's the same God you can have a real relationship with. And if he did it for your daddy, he'll do it for you. Come on. I can't live on this side. I can't make it on some Sunday school religion just going to church. 
Listen, Jesus didn't die so we could go to church. He died so we could have a real relationship with him. Monday morning when I woke up in that prayer room, he's just that real on Monday as he is on Sunday. Can't even speak in tongues on Sunday morning anymore in some churches. Come on. I'm going to calm down. I felt the spirit of dusty roads come on me. Chris, we wasn't called to camp out on this side. You didn't see what you saw on World Harvest, man. You didn't see that stage that Rod Parsley come out and preached on every Sunday. We didn't, we didn't hang out in that tabernacle in Alma, Georgia and believe God do amazing things for us not to be doing nothing. Come on. We've just been through a season of 10 years when it's been hard. But I'm telling you, light is breaking through the end of the tunnel. Did you hear what I said? I said to... I said weeping has endured for the night, but joy has come in the morning. Come on, somebody. The light is dawning, arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's now. It's time. We got to get up. We got to cross it. We got to pursue it. We got to position our family. We got to go with everything in me. I can't stay here. I'm... She got an Messiah. I'm telling you, church. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm not destined. I'm not destined to live with the small people. I'm not destined to live with the grasshoppers. I'm called to soar with the eagles. I can't hang with buzzards no more. I can't live. I, I can't, my God, I feel like I'm going to disintegrate. See, a buzzard eats while somebody else is killed. But an eagle flies and he gets his own friend. Come on, somebody. I can't live off of yesterday's bread. I wasn't destined to be a buzzard. I can't live off of what somebody else killed. I thank God for Rod Parsley, but I can't live off of what he got. I got I to gotta track my own stuff down. This Jordan represents everything. It represents for us As a church, it represents everything. Friend, you can grow a church. Put you about 20 Keurigs on the wall. Come here with your little polo shirts and tell people how to live a good life, preach on joy, never talk about sin. But that ain't who I'm called to be. Now I can listen about two, I can listen about 30 minutes. I said two, I'll be telling you a story. About 30 minutes of Leonard Ravenhill, then I'm, I'm ready to go listen to Joel Osteen. Joel's a powerful man. I, I appreciate his message. America needs hope. But my call has always been about him, about the presence. I want it more than anything. The lights that you see hanging in here is not for show, it's about to get you in the presence. 
We're just trying to set an atmosphere that you can have an encounter with Him. If you meet John Bagley, your life probably never going to be changed. But if you ever see Him, friend, nobody will have to. Listen, if we get them with a real encounter with God, you don't have to do no five-step follow-up to wonder if they got it or not. They'll have it. Come on, friend. I said they'll have it. If you ever see the eyes like a flame of fire and the hair white as wool and the feet like brass, if you ever have an encounter with Him, nobody will have to check on you. You will have the real deal. So as a church, I feel like where we're at is we got to cross this thing. And we got to say, you know what, God, you said some big things about our lives. Some of you were not here. Don't remember the words. That's fine. You didn't have to be here. One thing about this is when you join in the family, you get everything they got. You know that when Catherine married me, she could take my checkbook and write the check. Why? Not because she went out and earned it. Because she married. Because she got in covenant. She can write the check. She can write you a check today. And the bank will cash it because it's her name. Because she's got to write on my behalf. Let me tell you something. Some of you was in the club when God was speaking all those words. And he rallied you up and brought you here. And here's the blessing about it. The parable of the labors. The guy that comes in the last hour is going to get the same pay that the one that told it all night. And the, and the only thing is us that's been rowing the boat for the whole time, we just got to kill envy and jealousy in our life. Come on, somebody. When it took us five years to get it, and it takes him three months to get up there and outrun us. So I just feel like this. You don't have to do this today if you're visiting. If you're visiting this place and say, you know, my God, that man screams. You know what I'm saying? I have preached somewhere. We preached in Gotten, Georgia one morning. Catherine and I did. And the people come by and whatever, I guess they was, they was not, they was in the midst of a pastoral change. And one family come up to hear me preach. They went down to it and said, if that's the God that's coming in here, we're leaving right now. We, we have never seen nothing like that. That's okay. You don't have to cross this Jordan. But prophetically this morning, me and my wife's going to cross it. And the elders of this church and their wives are going to cross it. And we're saying, that the land that God said was ours, we walking in it now. Can I tell you that hell trembled about two weeks ago? It really trembles every time you get up. You just don't believe that. Not because of you, but because of what's in you. Don't ever think it's you. Come on, somebody. Here's the crazy thing. Matthew 21, when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, people lay in the palm branches. The crazy thing is for the donkey that thought that was for his hooves. It didn't have nothing to do with the donkey. He was just the one carrying it. All the praises was for Jesus. Come on now. I'm just glad he lets me put a saddle. And he climbs on me and uses me like he does. You and I are just like those instruments. Those instruments are doing nothing until somebody puts it in their hands and begins to move it. That's the way the Holy Ghost is with us. But as a dad for your family, you're saying, you know what, my family's going to live. And we're going to live in revival. Revival is not a series of meetings. 
I know the word is probably not found. It, it is not found. It means to resuscitate what's dead. It is. But to me, revival is living with a fresh passion every day of your life for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what revival is to me. It's not a series of meetings. It's about positioning your life to have passion for Him and that you burn on the inside for Him. Let it be said of this, John, you remember it, his epitaph said that he was a burning and a shining lamp. Let that be said of our lives at the end when someone stands to read our eulogy. We were a burning and a shining lamp. Come on. He was a voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm telling you the world is sick of echoes and everything else. They need a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And God destined us as a church to be a voice in this region of one crying in the wilderness. And it just takes with us saying, you know what? I'm crossing the Jordan. What's held me back will not hold me, hold me back no longer. You need to say that out of your mouth. You need to serve notice on that thing right now. The unforgiveness that has held me back, I will not tote it no further. By faith, I will choose to forgive. Come on, somebody. That's what it takes. I'm not toting the bitterness that I've had over the last. Some of us need to repent of our bitterness towards God because of the things we endured. Come on, somebody. If you got a rough road to go, listen to me. That's cause of the destination. I'm, you remember when Rebecca said, God, what is the struggle? What is my struggle? This is a horrible pregnancy. He said, there's two nations shut up in your womb. And when the nations are shut up in your womb, it's not an easy road, friend. Come on. There's some kicking and screaming that goes on. There's some killing. Joseph said, my God, why do I got to be thrown in a pit in a palace? Because you're destined to be a ruler of nations. Come on, somebody. And when you're destined to go to the throne, you better believe that somebody's going to chase you make you live in caves and make you trust almighty God the struggle was all about the destination but I cannot live anymore on this side if God said that this church would be a cancer free zone I say let it be so that we buried our last person that'll die of cancer in this place in Jesus' name. See, I'm watching the clock. I'm fixing I'm to land this plane. But see, people, when you say that down here in the south, like how could that be? Let me ask you something. A little blonde-haired woman from Laguna Beach, California lives in a place called Mozambique. And there is, she's not battling cancer in Mozambique, but she is battling malaria by the name of Heidi Baker. There's the least cases of malaria in that whole place where she's at. Why do you think that is? Mosquitoes don't fly in that place? Or could it be because God's visitation is so strong it can't penetrate it? Why do you think there's no cancer in heaven? Someone said, well, because God's there. But God's here. Why is there no cancer in heaven? Because there's no agreement with it in heaven. And it's time the body don't agree with it anymore down here. Sickness is of the devil. Don't get mad with me. I'm just trying to tell you what God said. 
I'm not trying to say you're sick either. Don't take me where I'm not going. Don't, because you're sick is cause of sin. Don't take me where I'm not going. But I'm telling you this. Oral Roberts, when he started out oh, as a healing evangelist, could only find two other men that agreed that sickness was of the devil. Sickness is of the devil. Poverty and lack is of the devil. People get mad with that. That ain't, that ain't in the kingdom of God. He said that in, the, the, his kingdom, the increase shall be no end. God ain't never spent one day in lack. Poverty is a result of the curse and the fall of man. I better quit. We make people mad down in the south preaching about that, but that's okay. So what is saying today? What is God saying to me? What is God saying, preacher? God said we got to cross this Jordan. This Jordan is a, this is a prophetic symbol that's laying on the floor, but we're crossing it in the heart. Come on now. It means next week when I want to compromise, come on somebody, that I've cut that off. I've circumcised my heart with that because I can't live in that anymore. See, this land here is all about compromise. We give up on a lot of things. But it's no more compromise for me and my house because we got to pursue the things that God said. Do you understand that you and I owe the world an encounter with God? We're in debt to the people outside the walls of this church and we owe them an encounter with the living Christ. We're called to represent Him. And when we live in this place, crossing this Jordan, everything God said, Terry, if God said five states business-wise, Danny, if He said that, I'm telling you, by George, we ain't putting up with no three states. I don't care how good it is. I don't care if we got houses in Hawaii, Maui, wherever we got them. We ain't stopping till God said, Oh, everything He said! Everything he said. Rusty, I will not stop till every school is swept with the power of God. Did you hear what I said? I will not stop till we don't have one teenager in this county that is not born again. Come on, somebody. I'm not just talking about born again. I'm going for the full route. You know what I'm saying? Standing and them go to school. We ain't going down there with no tracks. I better quit. We're going to get them born again. We're going to give them some power to walk it out. Throw the cutting down and everything else. Come on now. This crossing the Jordan is everything is real. Now, I'm going to transition this right here. I want you to stay with me for 10 minutes before we do this. Because he came this morning. I know God sent him here. And I told him on the phone the other night, Thursday night, the man that's about to come up here, I said he has been probably the truest prophetic voice to me since I've been at Cornerstone. Every time that it seems like God is about to move us or do something different, it seems like He shows up. I know what He's going to share this morning. Did not come off the internet, didn't come out of a book. By the way, I don't know why I said that, but anyhow, it just didn't, okay? But I'm telling you, God is on this that He's fixing to release. Now you got to take this word. If you're here this morning, if you're visiting, I don't believe you're look, looking at a preacher that don't believe in happenstance. Maybe you came to Cornerstone because you knew they were going to have a phenomenal worship leader there by the name of Catherine Mullins. But if you come back next Sunday, we'll show you another phenomenal worship leader. He just ain't got the CD yet. Come on. Oh yeah. <laughs> got to throw that in there. I got to throw that in for, for my boys. My son's bad, and I'm telling you, he's going to rip it up. Huh? 
I mean, Rob Parsley might not know. He heard me preach one time. He might say, you know what? Hey, we might need to move this thing. Let this boy talk a minute. All right. Let's move that pulpit right here. But you got, I don't believe in happenstance. Listen to me. I don't believe in happenstance. God, you got to believe that God, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. God put you here this morning to hear what he's going to say. Right? You believe that? Now, it don't matter how you got here, okay? Don't matter how you got here. So you can't just listen to this word and say, well, he's talking about one person. This has nothing to do with one person. Do y'all agree with that? I believe the one person deal days is over with. Now, God, we know how oil flows, right? I don't care if I'm back here on the ankle. Come on, somebody. It does puddle the lower you get, I can tell you that. That's why the woman didn't mind being at his feet. Come on, somebody. It was just a little bit hitting here, but it started puddling around his feet. And there's always room at the low place. So you got to take the word that he's about to release and say, God, right here, let it be unto me. Now let me say this about deliverance too because I feel like I should say this. The deliverance services that I've been a part of, sometimes we need deliverance from the deliverance services we was a part of. I seen a guy one time trying to get a devil to come out of him. They, they beat him all up on the altar. He finally just stopped him and said, God's living here, just leave him in me. He, he better off to be in there than all this. How do you get free? You denounce the lie. Come out of agreement with it. Come out of agreement with it. Come out of agreement with it. You, you break the agreement right now. I was never destined to be in lack. I heard that bald-headed man in Sparks say that. God never destined that for my life. And I will not agree with that one day forward. Come on now. Come on. I don't care how much bondage. I don't care if it's been 20 years. It can be broken in a moment in this building this morning. What you couldn't do on your own through self-help books and through everything else, through counseling and everything else, God can break in a moment if you will just only believe. Whatever sickness you got, you simply believe by faith. If the symptoms arise in the morning, you remind the devil he's an absolute liar. Whose report shall we believe? Am I going to believe this for symptom or am I going to believe what the man of God and what God said in his book? Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.